Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. How's everybody doing today? I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Today is Labor Day, right? Labor Day? Yeah. Today is Labor Day, so I want to wish everybody a happy Labor Day. If you're celebrating Labor Day, if you're going to a cookout, enjoy your time. But today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about greatness and how greatness can really change how we view other players in other situations. Stay tuned. When you go to a movie, you you expect great greatness. When you, you pay for your ticket, you pay for the experience, and you expect the movie to be good. There are some instances where movies the ending doesn't play doesn't really paint a picture for the whole movie. And I say that to say, for instance, let's look at unusual suspects. That movie was pretty okay. Like it wasn't it wasn't as renowned as it like if you look at the first i don't know first hour and something minutes of it you'd think ah this is just an okay movie but that last 15 minutes of the movie changed your whole perspective of unusual suspects to be now considered one of the greatest movies ever the movie alone as a standstill wasn't that wasn't that good i mean it was okay but it wasn't all time great but that last 15 minutes made or break the movie and it made the movie and the same thing can be said with sports you look at some players and some coaches and some you look at history and history doesn't history likes to paint the picture that it wants to paint for some players and some some people um not saying that players and coaches aren't great because if you make it to the league whether football basketball hockey whatever you're a great player but some players success come at the tail end of their career some player success are skewed because of one situation or one moment and some player successes are viewed differently because of who they play with for instance Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, we all talk about six for six, six for six, six for six, but nobody ever talks about before Scottie Pippen came, he was one and nine in the playoffs, one and nine, not, not series wise, one, he only won one game in the playoffs before Scottie Pippen came, no, I'm not saying Michael Jordan sucks, no, I'm not saying Michael Jordan should be looked at as a trash player, because that's not the case at all, Michael Jordan's one of the greatest players ever, if not the greatest player ever. But that goes to show that history likes to skew. This history will mo- moments will change your perception of a player. Six for six, everybody will talk about again six for six, but nobody will talk about one for nine. And and, and you see that all the time. You look at John Gruden. John Gruden got a ten-year. 100 million dollar contract to be the coach for the oakland raiders and for the longest you know of course in 2002 with the tampa bay buccaneers he won a super bowl but 
he won a Super Bowl behind one of the all-time greatest defenses ever that was spearheaded by a Marvin Sapp, who is in the Hall of Fame. But for years, you know, with the Gruden grinder on ESPN and Gruden camps, Gruden was always looked at as a a quote-unquote quarterback guru or a football guru or a football savant. And while that might be true, does that warrant a $100 million contract after he hasn't coached since 2008? And again... If you look at 2002, John Gruden, they went to the Super Bowl and they won. They were 12 and 4. They were number one in the NFC South. And of course, again, they won the Super Bowl. But let me tell you, in fact, let me say every single season before and after that Super Bowl, John Gruden started coaching back in 1998. Since then, he was 8 and 8. 8-8, 8-8, eight eight, 12-4, pretty good, but they lost in the in the uh, conference champion conference championship to uh, the Ravens. 10-6, lost the vision game to the Patriots, and that was 2001. Then, of course, you have 2002, which was the Super Bowl year. Then after that, you have 7-9, 5-11, 11-5, but they lost in the wild card to the Redskins. 4-12, Nine and seven, lost to the wild card to the Giants, and nine and seven. Now, if you're if you're keeping score, that's a total of eighty. I mean, ninety-five wins to eighty-one losses. While that is still above five hundred, that's you know a fifty-four percent winning percentage. Does that really warrant a one hundred million dollar contract for ten years for a person again that hasn't coached in two in ten years? In 10 years, I think we were on, I think the iPhone 1 just came out. Yeah. So, like, and some people, and I'm saying this, that people are going crazy. Yo, what is John Gruden doing trading Khalil Mack? What, you know, John Gruden, how could he trade such a great player? I'll tell you how he can trade such a great player because he's not, he's not, he doesn't have his fingerprint on the NFL culture today. Back in the day, free agent was wasn't like it was today. Um, contracts weren't like they are today. Players outplay their contract, i.e., Aaron Don Aaron Donald Donald. I'm sorry. Players outplay their contract, and you're go- if you want the best players, you're going to pay the best players. Look at look at the players that got contracts this year. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., one of the highest paid wide receivers ever. Aaron Donald, Donald, I'm sorry, one of the highest paid defensive players ever. Now Khalil Mack, one of the highest paid defensive players ever. Tom Brady, I mean not Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, the highest paid quarterback of all time. And the thing is, all of these players still had time, still had years on their previous deal. But once you outplay your contract and you feel you deserve more, that in turn you know makes the organization have to pay you so that goes without saying don't don't be surprised that john gruden traded khalil mack this is not an indictment on khalil mack this is an indictment of you hire a person 
to come into your organization who's been out that who's been out the set the game i guess for 10 years you expect him to have a in fact since john gruden came we've Derek cars had uh had a little problem with him of course khalil max had and he's gone and there's already been players that come out saying that he has shown them old game footage like come on now like <laughs> old game for like grimy game footage really that's so do not be surprised when you hear about john gruden trading away the defensive player of the year it's just it's just crazy which goes back to my original point situations skew your opinion john gruden is an average was an average coach he had the one super bowl year in 2002 but he was an average coach average coach but because of that super bowl because of the gruden camps and gruden grinder camps and he's a quote-unquote uh quarterback guru because he's been around all these quarterbacks and been around all these training camps for espn you expect him i mean they they think i guess he 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 still can pick up where he left off no not at all he left off at nine and seven to be honest with you and if that's where you want him to pick off pick pick up from then then good luck raiders and it doesn't just land with coaches let's 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 talk about eli manning eli manning is a two-time super bowl champion two times both times was against the patriots both times he was i guess you can kind of say instrumental in those super bowl wins the david tyree catch that was to me more of david tyree than anything else but now because of those two super bowls and i said this in a, a earlier episode of the podcast he's a he's going to be a first battle hall of famer you can't not put eli manning as a first battle hall of famer for everything he's done but when you look at eli manning Eli Manning is tied 14th all time of in, within uh I'm sorry. He is tied 14th all time in interceptions thrown. Number 1 is Brett Favre. Now Brett Favre he 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 has one Super Bowl win and he's known as the gunslinger, but that Super Bowl win masks a lot of problems that Brett Favre had with of course interception problems uh incompletion problems he only completed 62 percent of his passes which is that I guess that's okay but it's it's was that really hall of fame numbers of course he had drug addiction but because he had that Super Bowl and he's known as the gunslinger Brett Favre is looked at as a all-time great quarterback and that goes back to Eli Manning not saying he's an all-time great quarterback but every time you have a debate with somebody and and we talk about eli manning two things come up super bowl one super bowl two that's it and i know you're probably thinking you said he's he's 14th well he's tied with 14th with drew Brees, who has 200 they both have 228 career interceptions which is of course tied for 14th all time the only difference between drew Brees is Drew Brees completes 67% of his passes. Drew Brees has 70,445 passing yards total. He has 488 touchdowns to Eli Manning's 339. 
and he has a quarterback rating of 96.7 compared to Eli Manning's 83.5. So, again, you win a Super Bowl, great. And I'm not saying you're not a great player, but when it comes to looking at rewriting history and actually looking at history, Eli Manning, if it wasn't for those Super Bowls, Eli Manning would be, in my eyes, a slightly better Joe Flacco. No, look, I I can't, I can't really stress to you enough how much situations help. Eli Manning's career was dying. Eli Manning's age, of course, he's 37, but his age was creeping up to him. But then you get one of the best wide receivers in the game in Obadell Beckham Jr. And now we totally forget. Oh, we don't totally forget. Because last year, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. was injured majority of the season and they only won three games. Eli Manning is a interception turnover machine. He makes slow reads or late reads. His footwork is terrible at this point. He can't run out. The, he's not. He's terrible out the pocket, just like Peyton Manning. But I mean, Peyton Manning was was an all time great. But he um he he's slow out the pocket. He gets sacked like crazy. That's a little bit because of the well. That's mostly because of the offensive line. But that's also because he holds the ball a little too long at this point. And if it wasn't for an Odell Beckham Jr. or a Saquon Barkley or a Sterling or a I forgot what their tight end's name is. I think it's Ingram. But if if it wasn't for those pieces that they're putting around Eli, Eli might be out the league. But we can't really talk bad about Eli because of the Super Bowl rings, right? He has two. How can you talk about how can a two-time Super Bowl champion be, be not be in the Hall of Fame? Great situ greatness and situations change. Odell Beckham's a great player. Odell Beckham will go, could go down as an all-time great player, and that is going to mask a lot of Eli Manning's deficiencies. And 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 that's just that's just it. So don't don't think that Eli Manning and players like Eli Manning or coaches like John Gruden. It's like the like the like the unusual suspects. You had a very decent to okay movie for the first ninety percent of it, but that last ten percent was all time great. John Gruden's a Super Bowl winning coach. Eli Manning is a two time Super Bowl winning quarterback. That last ten seconds can skew how you really see how you really see somebody. Or how you really look at a person's career. Michael Jordan, six for six, yet nobody talks about he was one for nine in the playoffs. And it also works like this. <clears throat> so when you play with great players, you're almost destined to improve. Almost. Of course, there's a lot of instances, for instance, when you play when a lot of players play with Kobe and you didn't improve you. You're out of there, i.e. Dwight Howard or players like Smush Parker, players like that. 
Not saying Dwight Howard and Spencer Park is the same. I'm not saying that at all. But you know what I get. You know what I mean. But you're expected to improve. You're expect. You're expected to. How can I say? Great players masks a lot of deficiencies. A lot of them. And that's and that's just how it is. To be a great player, you're uh, you're expected nightly on a nightly basis. You're expected to be great, and that's 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 it. When you look at Golden State, you expect Steph Curry to be great. You expect Klay Thompson to be great. You expect KD to be great. When you look at I don't know Houston, you expect James Harden to be great. You expect Chris Paul to be great. You expect great players to be at a hundred percent of all time. And because of that, it allows role players or secondary players to either improve in your, I'm not going to say shadow because they're still good players, but improve on the side, like on the side or stay the same. So with that, let me talk about Kyrie Irving. Before I go on any further, Kyrie Irving is a great player. He is, in my eyes, top five point guard in the league right now. He has, to me, the greatest handles of all time. He is one of the greatest below-the-rim finishers of all time. And Kyrie Irving, all in all, is a all-around... I'm not going to say all-around because he's terrible in defense, but he is a great all-around great offensive point guard. One of the best we've, we've ever had offensively. But we didn't look at Kyrie as we looked at him today, like we did when he first came into the league. In fact, we didn't look at Kyrie the way we did until he played with LeBron James. Let me let me let me and let me let me elaborate on that. April 4th, 2014, there was an article that came out on Bleach Report. The article states Cleveland is searching for trade options for Kyrie Irving due to Cleveland's lack of wins in Kyrie's injury history. Cleveland finds it best to part ways with the young point guard. This is back in 2014. See, before LeBron James came. Kyrie Irving was a great offensive, was a good offensive player. He he can get you points. He can get you buckets. He can he can shake you out your ankles like he does now. But Kyrie Irving was known as an injury-prone player. Kyrie Irving was known as just a player to get buckets, but that wouldn't equate to wins. Kind of like Demarcus Cousins was. When he played for um, when he played for Sacramento, Demarcus Cousins would, Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis to be exact, Anthony Davis and Marcus Cousins would get fifty point games, fifty point games, forty eight point games, forty nine point games, and their teams would still lose. Kyrie Irving would get you those forty eight points. He'll have those those forty point game bursts. But then yet Cleveland will still lose by 15, 16 points. Don't forget, Kyrie Irving was a number one overall pick. 
back in 2012, I believe. And so you're telling me... No, 2011. So you're telling me that in three years, from 2011 to 2014, Cleveland was already ready to trade Kyrie Irving because he wasn't producing wins. And he kept getting injured from ankle injuries to back injuries to knee injuries. He kept getting, not not back, knee injuries and ankle injuries. He kept getting injured. Hell, the man had, I don't know how many times he, he hurt his face. Like, Kyrie Irving was starting to look at, looked at as an injury prone score. Injury prone score who all he was going to do was get points. He didn't play any defense. He didn't, he, he really wasn't great at assisting the ball because he's a score first point guard, which is understandable, but he's never been too focused on scoring. I mean, on assisting. He never really made teammates around him better. He never, he, like, he played, he never really made Tristan Thompson better. He never really made Deion Waiters better. Him and Deion Waiters were, were, had outs with each other. They couldn't stand each other. They thought they both were number ones, which, as you see now, I mean, they, they, they are, but Kyrie's a little better. But I'm just saying this to say Cleveland was ready to cut bait with Kyrie Irving. Cleveland was like, hey, we're not winning anyways. He's number one overall pick who keeps getting injured and he's not producing wins. What's the point? Fans were getting upset with Kyrie because he kept getting injured. Fans, fans wanted more from Kyrie. Kyrie was on. Kyrie wasn't the Uncle Drew that we see today. Again, Kyrie had one foot out the door, and that's because Cleveland wanted him out the door. Then entered LeBron. Let's see. LeBron James changed. Le, LeBron James changes the perception of a lot of players, and 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 it's, and it's not just with great players. LeBron James. Co- LeBron James can't went to Miami and a franchise that only had what once championship with Dwayne Wade and and Shaq was now looked at as a marquee franchise. Three cha- you know, two championships later, three overall. Now Miami's a, a ideal destination for free agents. The LeBron effect. The LeBron effect for Cleveland. Cleveland is probably one not probably is arguably the worst franchise in NBA history. They drafted Anthony Bennett number one overall when they had Victor Oladipo in the draft. Anthony Bennett, who I think just got cut from the basketball tournament. You know, the thing that'd be on ESPN like at four o'clock in the morning. He just got cut from that. He didn't even get, I don't even think, he didn't even get drafted in the big three. But then he got drafted number one overall. Cleveland is one of the worst franchises ever in, in all of sports, not even just basketball, all of the sports. But the LeBron James effect, they win a championship now. They win, you know, 50 plus games every year when when he's there, when he's there. Well, young LeBron took a took a team with Booby Gibson and Mo Williams and Anderson Verjao to the finals where they got swept but the LeBron LeBron James is so great everybody around him 
either gets better or their perception changes. And that was that's what happened with Kyrie Irving. Before again, before Kyrie Irving, Cleveland was ready to trade for him. He had the his his teammates didn't really want to play with him like that because he didn't pass the ball that much and he always got injured. And he was just a I'm gonna score and that's it point guard. LeBron James comes, he wins a championship. Uh, he becomes Uncle Drew. And, and 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 I'm not saying you know when I'm talking about Kyrie, uh, Eli Manning, Brett Favre. John Gruden. I'm not saying these aren't great individuals in their respective sports. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is we look at them differently because of situations. Imagine if Kyrie never played with, never played alongside um, LeBron James. Would we look at him the same way we view Kimball Walker? The same way a lot of people view John Wall? a great point guard but how far can you really take a team Damian Lillard a great great point guard but how far can you really take a team seeing as though Damian Lillard almost gets to the playoffs every year just to get swept or lose by or or lose you know only winning one or two games we view Kyrie as one of the best point guards in the league today but I think that's also because of his time with LeBron James not only did his perception change he got a little better because greatness demands greatness when you're playing with great players like Kobe said when you're playing with great players you're you're expected to be great Kyrie if Kyrie would have been trash not saying that he was trashed before LeBron, but if Kyrie would not have improved with LeBron, or if he if he he was injury prone with LeBron, hell, he got injury prone in the finals, which is why they lost to Golden State in 2015. So, I'm look, Kyrie, look, situations like I said, situations really skew how a lot of players are viewed and how a lot of players are are seen to be are seen in the media if it was to me if to me if it wasn't for lebron james Kyrie wouldn't be the Kyrie today we wouldn't have no uncle drew he'd just be a kimball walker 2.0 a great offensive point guard but not leading the team anywhere if it wasn't for eli manning's two super bowls then eli manning would just be an average a uh, slightly better Joe Flacco. In fact, Joe Flacco would be a little better than Eli because he has a Super Bowl ring. He'd be like a Trent Dilford. If it wasn't for that one Super Bowl, John Gruden would be an average quarterback. He'd be a Marvin Lewis. Like, so I'm saying this to say, when we look at sports and when we look at great players, we need we need to start as as fans. We need to start looking at the total context of of the certain player or the certain team we like. And, and, and it works for teams, too. Look at Golden State. They're a dynasty right now. You know, they've won three championships in the last four years. More than likely, it's going to be four championships in the last five years after this season with DeMarcus Cousins and them. But before them, they were the laughing stock of the league. You know, they had Monty El- you know, they had Monte Ellison. We believe year with years with um Matt Matt Barnes and Baron Davis, but before that they they 
they weren't winning anything except back in the Rick Barry days, but they weren't they weren't doing anything. They were a trash franchise. They were neck and neck with the Clippers of how trash they were. But then they get they get lucky in the draft a couple of times with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green. They get lucky with Steph Curry's ankles uh, having a problem, so you don't really have to pay him much money, so you can bring on players like Klay Thompson and give him a contract. You can trade for, or you can get, not trade, you can get Andre Gudala and Andrew Bogut in free agency. So, you know, it, it greatness. Great, that, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about greatness, and we're talking about how greatness changes things. Greatness changes how we view Golden State. Greatness changes how we view Kyrie Irving. Greatness changes how we view John Gruden. Greatness changes how we view Eli Manning. And I'm not saying greatness is they're all great players. They're all great teams. They're all great coaches because Golden State's a great team right now, but a franchise, they they, they were never a great franchise until they started getting breaks. John Gruden was never a great coach until he won the Super Bowl. That one Super Bowl. The one Super Bowl. Eli Manning was and is never a great quarterback, but he won two Super Bowls. Behind, might I add, two great, great defenses with Justin Tuck and and and, and great defense. Like <laughs> they, they had great, they had all-time great defenses. The, both of those new york giant and michael strahan both of those eli i mean um giants teams when we talk about kyrie kyrie Irving might just be a a, a kimball walker or a john wall or damian lillard if it wasn't for playing with lebron james we will just look at uh kyrie Irving as oh well he's a great scorer but he's not leading no team anywhere he's not he's not doing much when it comes to wins but when you play alongside LeBron James, now you got the Uncle Drews. The man has a whole Uncle Drew movie. Like, <laughs> okay. And again, when you look at when you look at Golden State, if it wasn't for a litany of luck in situations, they wouldn't be the Golden State of that they are today. So when I, I guess the moral of what I'm saying is, Jordan, boom, Jordan. Six for six, six for six, six for six. Greatest player ever. And in my eyes, he is one of, if not the greatest basketball player of all time. But history skews six for six. I guess it's better than going one for nine in playoff games before Scottie Pippen came. Which means he's been swept a couple times to go one for nine. So what I'm saying is that I'm not taking away from how good these players or coaches or teams are. I'm not taking away from that at all. What I'm saying is us as fans and us as people really need to start looking at the whole totality of a career before we crown somebody greatest this or greatest that or crown a team greatest this or greatest that. Because, not not even because, just to show that greatness can change how we view things. And sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Again, there's no way in heaven or hell John Gruden deserves a 10-year, $100 million contract. In, in, in Ever. But that's what he got. But do you think he would have got that if he wasn't a Super Bowl champion? Coach. Super Bowl champion coach. 
or if he wasn't if he didn't have the Gruden camps and Gruden grinder camps in at ESPN do you think Golden State would be considered greatest team of all one of the greatest teams of all time if Kevin Durant never went there or if Steph Curry had immaculate ankles and never got hurt do you think we'd really care do you think we'd view Eli Manning differently from Andy Dalton if Eli Manning didn't have two Super Bowls do you think we'd really view Kyrie Irving as one of the best point guards in the league and I say that to say we never talk about Kim Walker being one of the best point guards in the league but we view Kyrie as because of what he did with LeBron James don't get it confused Ty Lue has a championship but we never talk about him as one of the best point guards ever so like I said you playing alongside LeBron James that, that does stuff to you so all, again, all I'm saying is Greatness changes things. Greatness changes how we see things. You go, and my last case is this. My last point, I guess, is this. Charles Barkley is one of the greatest power forwards that ever played the game of basketball, ever. When we talk about Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley was great for the Suns, he was good for the Sixers, and he was on his last leg, but he was still okay for the Rockets. But Charles Barkley, the mound pound, mound round of rebound, or whatever the hell his name was, was one of the greatest power forwards to ever play the game. But we look at him completely different than we look at, say, a Kevin Garnett. Why? Because he has a ring. We look at him completely different how we look at Dirk Nowinski. Why? Because he has a ring. We look at him completely different than we look at a player like, I don't know, Akeem Olajuwon. Why? Because he has a ring. At their primes, Akeem Olajuwon and Charles Barkley were neck and neck for one of the be- for the best power forward in the league. But Kareem has two championships. Two championships with LeBron James. I mean, with Michael Jordan wasn't playing, but two championships. So, again, greatness changes things. Greatness changes how we... And, and it doesn't have to be long a longevity of greatness. It, it can be one moment. It can be one game, Super Bowl. Two Super Bowls. It can be playing alongside a great player. Kyrie playing alongside LeBron James. It can be a, a, a spark of luck. You drafting, you drafting Steph Curry after the Timberwolves draft two point guards, and then Steph Curry having ankle problems in the beginning of his career. So, when we look at greatness, or when we look at players, don't always look at that one instance. What, what, let me save this, and I'm gonna end with this. When we're talking about how great a player is or how great a player's career or coach's career or team's tenured is, don't just look at the highs. Look at it all. Look at every season. Look at everything they've done and then make an, make an assumption or make your, make your opinion, I guess. Am I saying Kyrie Irving is trash? No. Am I saying Eli Manning is trash? No. I'm not saying 
Golden State Warriors, John Gruden's trash. No, but what I'm saying is, if they never had their peaks, if Kyrie never won the championship playing with LeBron, if Eli never won two championships, if John Gruden never won that championship, if Golden State never had the litany of luck and won three championships out of four years or four out of five probably this year, would we really view them the way we view them today? And that's, there you have it. That's this episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Again, I want to say happy Labor Day to everybody that's going to cookouts and enjoying this hot-ass weather. Um, again, thank you for listening. I want to thank everyone that, that, that continues to stick with me and listen. Um, you know, we're rolling. We're rolling. I, I really enjoy doing this. And, you know, I'm going to keep it coming. I'm going to keep giving you all content. I'm going to start very, very, you know, it's very, very soon. Be on the lookout for an announcement, a big announcement for the podcast. So that's that's coming very soon. But again, I want to thank everybody and I hope you guys have a terrific day. Happy Labor Day. Eat a plate of uh, baked beans and barbecue chicken and a hamburger for me because I'm probably not eating not none of that. But uh, again, have a great day. Much love. Time to take the